At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Morning, D N A. Oh, hi, Danae. Uh, I'm Aaron Dicer, the man of a single black shirt. Uh, she is Danae Hughes, the woman of a million distractions. And, and we're here to find press. out in a new coffee press, and we're here to find out what the day of March first, two thousand and twenty-one, is made of. Can I tell um, you something? Yeah. You just realized it was March. It's March. I didn't realize it was March, but also. This is plastic, and I don't know mm-hmm. how I feel about that. Does that make me a snob? <clears throat> well, it means it won't shatter all over your floor when you knock it yeah. over. That's true. <laughs> I suppose that's the purpose of yeah. it being plastic. Yeah. Maybe there were so many shattering uh, coffee presses, the company was like, let's just stop doing this. You couldn't find a glass one? Or- okay, I just thought that I was buying, I thought that they were all plastic. Tip. Ah. Today, are you okay this morning? It's a little bit early. <laughs> uh, well, you know how last week I woke up like in uh, right before the show? Mm-hmm. Happening again this week. Yeah. But to make it more interesting, um, my daughter is being uh, a babysat by my mother. Okay. Who, who said, just let me know when you guys are ready to come over. And I texted her at 830 and said, come over and basically just take over, my, just take <laughs> over the kid because I'm not going to have anything ready. So I, I had enough time to get my child dressed, which was great, and uh, prepared for company, which was also great. But like no food, nothing. Nah, food's um, overrated. Come on. Grandma walks in the door. I'm like. I gotta go. And I came into the room two minutes after nine. So I really haven't had a chance to hmm. calm hmm. down. It's been sort of a manicness. So my answer is, yeah, I'm doing great. Good, good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's like a natural alarm. Slap says, it's like a Folgers commercial. Where's the mongoose filter? This is my mongoose filter. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you're a mom goose filter. Uh, uh, I are like mongoose. It. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is my first time trying it, and I was just—I was a little bit like surprised that it's—it's it's plastic. But you know what? You're—you're you're right. I could probably just go find a glass one if I really wanted to. But this I is mean, my yeah, coffee I mean, press, everybody. I don't understand why you would—why you would need a glass one. Like, is it just how it looks, or is there something no. special about how it operates? I get weirded out about hot beverages in plastic. Oh, you're worried about like particles is, of the plastic coming is, off into the hot beverage. Yes, Got it's it. It's BPA yeah. free. All right, Aaron, you're right. Yeah. This is going to drive me crazy. You're right. <laughs> There's a ding over my head. <laughs> there is. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I am one of those people. I think about plastics. I think about like the hot water, Got warming it. up plastics and then ingesting plastics. You I run will. out of the room when the microwave's running. Yeah, I, I understand. No, but I really do. 
I no, I know, I know. Okay. Listen, there, uh, you know, we all have different levels of our better safe than sorry. I get it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it totally makes sense. I'm also the kind of person that just have has an empty chocolate pudding cup. I'm like, uh, right over here. <laughs> I just forgot to throw it away in the trash can. That's just right down there. So you know, I made the mistake of i have i you know i'm the man of a single black shirt uh hate to ruin the illusion there are actually several of these black shirts uh that i have (laughs) have you Uh, ever do you think people genuinely believe you just have one i don't know i i I have no idea i mean yes considering some of the other things i admit on this show (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's a good point (laughs) I, i definitely have that 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 hippie gene uh that would not be opposed to wearing the same shirt over and over again um but I made the mistake. I've done a good job at hanging them up, and I made the mistake of when this one came out of the laundry, uh, folding it up into my drawer. And now I feel like, it's, see how wrinkly it is? Like, I'm just noticing, like, all the oh, wrinkles. That's, and That's the beauty of a black shirt. It kind of covers it. Yeah, it covers it up quite a bit. But when the light catches it, I'm just like, oh, my goodness, iron your shirt, man. Except but, for dandruff. Yeah, yeah. Good thing I don't deal with that, that too much. At all. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So that's, no, that's I'm good. You're good. Are you good? Yeah, I'm well, I'm okay. I it's it's been a man, I I didn't realize the light at the end of the COVID tunnel, which we're all kind of experiencing in different levels uh right now as the numbers look good and different things so the vaccines are kicking in. I didn't realize that seeing that light would actually intensify like some of the downness of still being in this moment. Like to know that possibly there is a day coming when I can travel again and I can hug people again and like all that stuff is just like kind of intensifying the. So this this last week, I just I was a little bit down and I'm just I was trying to figure oh, out what that was. And it was like, I want it now. Yeah, <laughs> My husband had his first vaccination. Yeah. And he he's like, I'm going to the gym tomorrow. And I was like, well, aren't you going to wait for the second one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So then he had the letdown because he also he's just ready. He's just ready. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's it. That. Yeah. So I think I think there's a little bit of that in the air. I am glad it's March. March always signifies to me spring is on the way. Uh, we'll be here shortly. When does te- spring technically starts this month, doesn't it? At some point we're going to spring back. The clock, we're going to set the clocks back and all that kind of our spring forward, set the clocks forward. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff's coming up here soon, right? Yeah, I think you forget that I just basically live every day as if it's a genuine, that, like a new year or it's a new universe. It, I don't. I'm just alive, dude. Sarego says not till mid-April. Thanks, Sarego. Thank we you. Just, we show our our ignorance. Wait, sarcastic honey badger says the 14th. Oh, you guys! You're confusing us now. I was gonna say we need to have an official calendar person mm-hmm. in the chat. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. I I, ha- I want to show some stuff in the chat. I want to show some stuff in the chat as we're kind of all g- gathering. Oh, here we go. Sirego says scratch that March 20th. My bad. My wife lied. We so now her. we have three different options to we choose have a wife. from. <laughs> we have a Sirego. <laughs> Who is the other one? I forgot. I I don't know. Our other person. Uh JCD says my dad turned 70 yesterday. Hey, congratulations, JCD. Which reminded me of how I turned 28 in two weeks. Time nice. is flying by. Make it stop, make nice. it stop. Yes. Ah, uh, 28. You know, uh, 27 was one of my favorite years uh, when cool. I was 27. 
Cool. Did you go to the grocery store that year? No, I think you're probably. <laughs> I was allowed to travel. I could hug people. Exactly. <laughs> no, I remember feeling like I had finally gotten old enough that there was a bit of a little bit of respect starting to be applied to me at my work and different things like that. There's yeah. just a level of being a child, being a young adult, being a you're college age. Yeah, there's a little bit of of that goes goes on. And so I just I remember it was right around 27, 28 where people are like, you know, treating me as an adult. Um, And yeah, so I I really enjoyed that. Plus the idea that you still have a lot of your youth, you know, at that time. So you've got energy and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I have to tell you, uh, as I do, just jumping from topic to topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remember whenever like last week's coffee tasted more like dish soap yeah okay i had new coffee grounds and i thought well maybe there's a hint of this sort of aromatic flavor not soap flavor but maybe there, like the there's like a hint of just something sweet and flowery mm-hmm. in the bean okay like, i can tell you confidently no okay no, that no is, it was that is it was not definitely how, it was definitely detergent coffee detergent coffee <laughs> <laughs> cough detergent yes yeah, had some cough detergent. Oh, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, and then Nick adds, my mom turned 60 yesterday. Well, happy birthday to all our That's parents, exciting. man. That is exciting. Um, That's fun stuff. Mariella, we see your topic. There is a chance that when we get to the topic section later, that it will be gone. So if you could remember that, and then when we do a call out for the topic, if you don't mind just being ready to pop it back in, just in case. Yeah, I see one from uh, from Tyler as well, and we do appreciate those, and we will get to the mm-hmm. U section. It depends um, on how popping the chat is. Yeah, if the chat's really popping, sometimes those disappear, and we can't get back to them. But uh, but yeah. Uh, Afusco says, "Are you still cycling?" That's a not good over you- the winter. Yeah. Um, I have been considering getting a bike for home. Uh, doing some research on that, uh, you know, and when I say a bike for home, I don't mean a bike to ride around my house. I mean, you know, stationary bike. Just to just to be clear, but uh, but I'm anxious. That is another part of being down. Is I haven't consistently exercised in so long, and it is starting to really annoy me. I can yeah. I can feel my body reverting to like you know breathing is a little bit more difficult. Like you know all those kind of things. Where it's just like I don't mean that as in like it's difficult. I just mean I can tell I'm not quite as healthy, mm-hmm. and that's annoying yeah. to me. And so I'm doing ready. The same. Justin's I am so ready. He the other day was running around with Iris, uh, just around the house, and he was getting breathy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I can't believe that I am breathy just after running around a little bit." And I was like, yeah. "You know what? You both need to do it. I just don't go to the gym at all ever, and you'll never have anything to compare it to. <laughs> That's what you do. You don't. You won't even know. It's your own fault for ever working out in the first <laughs> place, dude. Duh." Uh, no, there, it's just been so long since I've done something active for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was like to have muscle mass. You, the, your activity was martial arts, right? Isn't that something mm-hmm. you got into for a while? And yeah. then how long ago was that? Uh, I don't, time is strange. Um, well, I mean like when in your life was it, was it like high school? No, 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 no. Oh, it okay. was, no, it was, um, okay. So you're my, out of school. Yeah, I think it was my mid twenties. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a while, but uh, I was very active. I was I did martial arts, uh, kempo, kickboxing, uh, jujitsu, and 
uh, self-defense classes. I cycled through five classes a week mm. for like, I want to say two years, a year and a half, two years. So I was a little ninja. Yeah. It was a lot of fun until I got So do you injured, think that's but... what you would get back into if you decided to pick something up? So I thought about it. My dojo broke up. There mm. was a, there was some drama. And oh, so no. when it was time, when my leg healed, uh, which by the way, was not an injury related to the, the martial arts. It was related to my pit bull that ran at me full speed, excited to see me one day and just took out my ankle. Mm. That was fun. Um, and so I had to stop practicing for a while to heal and the dojo breaks up. And then I was trying to find like the right place to go. Mm -hmm. uh, and I ended up finding the teacher of my teachers. He was in town. Mm. And so I thought, oh, that's where I'm going to go. But his approach to teaching was very different. And so I just didn't click with me. Um, I was really enjoying the way my body felt. I was enjoying the discipline of moving it in specific ways while also training. Uh, lots of bruises and things. I bruise really easily. I just, that's the kind of person I am. So I just, I always look like I had been in a bad situations. I yeah. constantly had to tell people I was fine. It was really awkward. <laughs> just, I would have bruises all over my arms. Right, right. And you're like, I promise. <laughs> I am okay. I, I just even, ran into the door. I promise. Oh, yeah. it was really bad one time when we were doing grab moves and there was just like fingerprints yeah. and, I, and I'm like, I'm fine. It was, <laughs> it was awkward. I had to wear long sleeve shirts. It was really interesting. But anyways, the person that I was training from, he just, he, the way that he talked about it wasn't like the body getting in, a, you know, moving to block someone's hit. It was like, and when you block, you also have an opportunity to break. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so it was more building <laughs> a, a more weapon. Yes. Yeah. Than it was self-defense minded. So it just, it which you just loved enough. I really, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I loved that part a lot. So I kind of got out of the swing of things and then eventually, and then I started doing other stuff. Like I just got really involved in other parts of my life and, and didn't go back into it. But uh, I did I did do yoga off and on for a little while. And then I stayed really kind of in my zone with at-home stuff, just like balancing and push-ups and stuff for a little while. But it's just been a long time now. Yeah. Uh, I do want to get a mat because we have, as you can see, hardwood wood floors. And I want to get a big, just open mat and yeah. I can just begin to kind of move around on again because it's not easy to do that on hardwood floors. Yeah, I'm with you. I need to do something. I've been thinking about picking up the, uh, what do they call them, like uh, the seven-minute uh, routine that you can do every day where it's just a lot of quick mm -hmm. cardio with like push-ups, mm -hmm. sit-ups, you know, squats, that kind of stuff. Just hit all the muscle groups quickly, you know, put the heart rate up. But uh, but I know I need to do cardio as well, and I got to figure that out. But hopefully the weather will increase here, and I can get back out on my bike. So yeah, no, it wasn't. Nick Nick says a Peloton, and no, it wasn't going to be a Peloton. Uh, you you pay a lot for that name. I don't like paying for names. I like paying for uh, products. Uh, and I don't so, pay for names. I pay for products. <laughs> so there is. Uh, I did a lot of research, especially on uh, bikes for tall people. I am uh, six foot six, and so a lot of um, stationary bikes, I end up uh, kneeing myself in the chin. Uh, <laughs> so there is a there's an opportunity for uh, ho hopefully something that's a little bit uh, longer. Um, JCD says I would pay to see, uh, Aaron learn to ride a unicycle. And then, uh, my, my follow-up question is how much? 
Would it be a, maybe we can make a little stretch goal? For a little stretch goal, you think? Uh, yeah. Question in the chat from Volk Tyler: Have you seen Cobra Kai? Yes, I have seen, but only the uh, the first pilot. episode. Yeah, the pilot. Um, it wasn't something that interested me personally. Well, you're not. You didn't really get into the Karate Kid movies either. So there's there's a lot of nostalgia based no. stuff with that show. So yeah. no, uh, my my getting in like my excitement to get into martial arts was entirely based on a boyfriend that I had at the time who paid me who paid the dojo for classes for I think three months. He's like, I'm gonna pay you. I'm gonna pay you three months so that way you have to go. You need to take some self-defense classes. And that's what started my my kick. And then, because mm -hmm. I was having such a good uh, time. Your kick? I get ha, it. Ha, oops. <laughs> that was accidentally clever. Uh, what? That wasn't an intentional punchline? Huh? Wasn't? No? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. It's too early. No, it's it not. Is. It is. No, it's, it's not. A, it's, it's, People it's, love it's it. never too early. Yeah. People love it. I made a pun. Okay, let mm -hmm. me tell you about my pun. I just I heard it. No, a purposeful pun. Oh, I, on purpose. Wow. I was I was writing a part of my Dungeons and Dragons storyline where these two people. This is like kind of like the lore, or whatever. Mm -hmm. These there's this there's this um kind of like this place that's in uh like the swamplands where they have this very uh like old school style where there's like a little chieftain of the of the town and whomever wants to be the next chieftain it makes this challenge battle and then they, and then two people mm -hmm. fight to the death okay this is the story that i'm writing this little blurb of the story and so they in order to um have no one interfere with it they go out onto this peninsula and they have their battle on this like sacred grounds where no one can interfere kind of a mm -hmm. situation so i called it a Peninsula. A peninsula. I like it. Yeah. It was awful. It's great. And now I'm getting teased for it in my game. <laughs> my See, this is where this is where you just have to embrace it. Just let let the uh let it flow in and just embrace that this is part of you and that that you are, you know, yeah. entertaining people in this yeah. way. Entertaining yeah. Entertaining people. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah, um, that's that's one of the beautiful things about puns, is like the worse they are, the more fun it gets. Sometimes is it true? Is that well? True? No, there's a clever. I mean, honestly, there is an art to it, and there has to be a cleverness to it. But there's there's just this element of the groan that is intentional, and <laughs> it's kind of fun. So that's <laughs> why so Mets cast is like Denise. All of us right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then Nick laughed. See, there's you know. Listen, it's because it's funny. Mm -hmm. It is funny. See, there you go, JCD. It was awful, which makes it an A++ pun. I do want to so mention, uh, just real quickly, there's a lot of people that agree with Matt that Cobra Kai is nostalgia dipping done right. Yes, uh, it really is. So, yeah. Canon unification. Uh, canonification. Is, can, canification. Uh, can, canon, canon unification uh, is one of my favorite things going on right now, where there are properties that are taking other properties in the same world and unifying them into a universe. Um, so, yeah, definitely doing that with Cobra Kai. It's a lot of fun. Word. Uh, you ready to shoot a dough today? Let's do it. 
All right, we're going to get into it. We've got uh, the D and A in U, a D question and an A question, and lots of U questions if you want to ask them. Um, but before we get into that, we've still got the FAQs going on. Those are the friendship application questions from Danae's friendship application that she wrote many, many years ago. And we're still in the essay section of the yeah. FAQ. If this is the last question on this page, and then we only have three more to go crazy all just right three there's three pages now but these are the more these are the more like uh no i mean like three more questions to go oh okay yeah we're almost done um and these are definitely we're getting into the more serious part of my i mind. love it i'm in the i am in the, i was almost gonna say i'm in the mood for some deep conversation today you want to have some like really deep conversation okay let's do it what do you got what's the question bring it on let's get let's get what's crazy your favorite color okay um what do you want to be doing with your life slash time on this planet in years to come that's a big one no no like specific number of like in five years ten years just like in I years to come immediately i knew immediately you're going to want some parameters let's say <laughs> no i don't have to listen the question is written as the question as is written, written as, as written, written is what i said all right it doesn't say specific so hey what do you want to do with your life is basically the question we're asking here it says years to come, and I, I think it's As opposed actually, to the years that have happened. I think it's interesting because of what my topic is going to be here in a little bit. Mm. I didn't intentionally do I didn't know what the question was today, so this is right. really interesting. But just a peek into, like, my mind is I definitely go in shorter bursts. You know, like, mm -hmm. the next few years, that's a long time for me. Um, so oh, no, you're, say, you're in the moment. So, when, yeah. When, when I say years to come, I'm like, woof, that's a big one. When I wrote this, that would have been a really mm -hmm. big, uh, really big deal. Yeah. But um, I think it's just mostly like the next phase. So, like, in this next kind of phase of your life, potentially years, what do you want to do with your life and time slash time? Life mm -hmm. slash time. Yeah. For me, I can be, that's really, really easy. I want to be a good mom. Yeah. I know so many parents that advise you know the time goes fast we've even talked about it in the chat for ourselves realizing like you blink and all of a sudden you're in your mid-20s you're in your mid-30s you're in your mid-40s it's just it goes it goes quickly um and then there's different times in life that make it go even like it feels like it goes slower or faster mm -hmm. maybe even all of it at the same time um for me i don't know that much has changed about how i perceive time since having iris except for i obviously am seeing her grow up but I know that so many parents have said as they got older, when they look back, it went too fast. And so I think what they're trying to say is that they wish they would have been a lot more present and particular and like uh, intentional in this really young time. And because Iris is turning four in April, um, this is the last preschool years she has until she mm -hmm. starts to have to deal with dynamics of friendships and education and the pressures of growing up in the society, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I really want to be present. I think that's my, that should be my number one kind of intention. I, I really have already done, I think a good job of finding a career that uh, uses my gifts and talents well, and I feel really accomplished in. I feel really good about the home that we live in. I, uh, my marriage is really going well. My, personal time I'm taking for myself. So 
so really, truly, I think if there's any area that I could just put my hands in and do some good work, I think it's going to be being a mom. I think that's a great call. Um, you know, I definitely heard a lot of the same things and have tried to embrace every moment of my kid's life for where it is, what it is, and not, you know, try to stay out of the, oh, I missed out on this or, oh, I can't wait for this. Those things are natural human feelings. And those things can apply not only to children, but to vocations, to friendships, to uh, relationships, like this idea of living in the moment, enjoying the moment for what it is. And it's okay to dream. It's okay to look ahead and to get excited for something that may be coming. It's okay to look back and be happy that something happened or even disappointed. Um, but to not lose focus of, I have this moment, uh, let and enjoy it for what it is. Now in my situation, uh, you know, there was a survival aspect <laughs> to raising children. <laughs> we, you know, we had four children over the course yeah. of six years uh, and yeah. all boys. And so yeah. when you've got when you've got a two, four, six and eight year old, that's a house. Uh, and two, when four, you, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? And when you've got a uh, 12, 14, 16 and 18 year old, uh, that's a house. Uh, so, yeah. So there wasn't a lot of time to mm. uh, not. Uh, understand the moment and what it was. But um, but yeah, I'm yeah. happy for it. And I think that attitude that you're taking into it is going to serve you um, very, very well. Um, I am more and more aware uh, that I'm getting older and that this next stage in my life is kind of like, you know, the word penultimate, uh, the idea that it's not the end, but we're close, you know, we're right there right before <laughs> the end, the thing right before it might uh, be the end before medication becomes more consistent. <laughs> it's like it's I like feel young. I you know days. I have a, I yeah. feel like I have a young energy, but I you know I'm getting older, and I think this next stage in my life is understanding what it means to have an empty nest. Like you know we're two years away, you know possibly from you know having the house to ourselves, and what does that mean, crazy. and what does it mean to be it's ready? So crazy. For, what is you know like the word like just this year. The word retirement has started floating around in my brain. Like, you know, what does that mean? What do I have to do to be ready for that? You know, in and it's 20, wild. 30 years or whatever you're it's going to be. An empty nest, and I'm going to have a, a six year old going to school. <laughs> well, I, I love it because in, in, you know this, but, you know, uh, I am kind of uh, able to continue to have the fun of parenting through what you're going through right <laughs> yeah. now. And so I'll come over and visit Iris and mm -hmm. be, you know, like a very, very young grandpa, you know, <laughs> coming over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and Plus you know, you my a girl for the first time right, around right. you. Yeah. And yeah. it's been, it's been nice. It's been nice grandparent prep. I imagine, you know, I, I know I have, uh, one of my sons is planning a wedding and, you know, getting ready to get married. And I imagine, the that kids are in their future the next few years. Yeah. So, so I literally could be, you know, uh, grandpa Dicer here, you know, at some point soon. So it's crazy. Yeah, it, it is. It's really, it's interesting for me because along the same line of embracing every moment for what it is, uh, I, I do feel like there is this thing that people do where it's like, no, I hate getting older. I don't want to get old. And I just, I sit here and I go, you know what? I, I kind of love a lot of, about the idea yeah of aging it's it's really fun for me i think there's 
I think there's a wisdom too that that only happens as you continue to have years put in the bank. And I'm looking forward to having 20 more years in the bank and what what wisdom that brings. And I've always been wise though. So that's well, yeah. Well, Danae, we're not talking about you, obviously, I'm, I'm since you were a child. Yeah, yeah, you were an anomaly. I just kind of popped out and I was like, let me tell you about <laughs> let me deep, let me export some of my wisdom to Actually, you. Actually, I do have memories. Um, when I was six, my mom was talking to me about a dream she had. Mm -hmm. and I told her what I thought that it meant. And I remember her face. She was like this, like really stunned. And she's like, mm -hmm. how do you know these things? I, I just, I remember that so vividly. Isn't so maybe I have always been so, no guys, I'm just, I mean, no, that, no, no, that no, actually but, did happen, but I am definitely done. I am the five-year-old in church. Have I told this story oh, when no. I was what five? Did you do? In church, uh, my dad was a pastor, and he was preaching, I think, on just origins, on the Garden of Eden and, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh -huh. as a five-year-old, I turned to my mom and I said, Mom, <laughs> if God didn't want us to sin, why did he put the tree in the garden in the first place? And <laughs> that is the kind of conversation I wanted to have <laughs> at five years old. So, oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> So yeah, uh, that's, let's that's go. Let's go to the chat and see some of the. Comments. Yeah, there's some great stuff here. Do you want to throw some up, or do you want me to? Uh, Lolly kicked it off with, "I want to be out of the house and allowed to hug people." I'm lots of, lots and lots of love. I am. I am surprised. One. I am surprised. No, I'm not. I guess I'm not because I know I'm a physical touch person, but I really do miss hugging people. I like. I really do miss just the idea of having people I love in my life that I can go see or you know whatever and just embrace and just you know feel that friendship so yeah um <laughs> i take it back then if it's creepy i take it back let's see uh matt's cast says i am currently writing a script which is a big deal and i moved to vegas last year to be closer to la and be in an area where my life can go in that direction i'd be lying to say i'm uh i'd be lying to say i'm lonely out here it's worth it though. I haven't been this happy in years. It's exciting. Yeah. JCD says, I would like a job that I can see being long-term place of work so I can live more than comfortably and also finish personal projects that I've wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Vocational goals are interesting too, because you know, I've tried to, uh, I've been very fortunate and I do not take lightly the, uh, the privilege that I have to do what I do. Um, but I also have tried to show my kids that I didn't just arrive here by wanting it. You know, like there was, there's this idea that, you know, you just, if your dream job will just present itself to you. And I think it's more of taking the job you have to take to provide, you know, uh, food and, and stuff you need while you continue to keep your eyes open for the job you want to have until, you know, so mm -hmm. it's, it's a path. It's such a path. Vocation is such a path. Yeah. I completely agree. I could talk about that for a while. Yeah, me too. Um, Elizabeth says, I want to finish my degree soon and then hopefully start my career instead of feeling I'm being stuck in a job. Well, let's talk more about career path. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't, I don't miss the, I also live very, very much in the mindset of, I don't know if this is where I'm going to be because I'm right. very experiential. Like I, I experience like, Oh, I think this is what I'm going to do. I mean, before the job that I was in now, I was doing like four things at the same time. Before that, I was doing multiple things at the same time too. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and not all of them were bringing in money. 
but they were right. bringing in relationships and those right. relationships led to open doors. And so sometimes it's like really tricky to think, okay, I'm grinding at a place I don't like. I'm volunteering for this thing that I don't, I'm, I love, but I'm not getting paid for. Um, you think about like Aaron, for example, going onto YouTube and doing movie reviews for mm -hmm. all those years, yeah. and not because the views are coming in like thousands and thousands and millions of people are watching, but because you love it. And yeah. that led to a really incredible open door for you. Multiple, actually. Multiple open doors, uh, you know, uh, none of which I get paid for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, which is fine. Like, but it's, but it has allowed me to live a part of my life that I'm very passionate about and, um, and honestly has impacted my ability to do the job that I get paid for. So, yeah. Yeah. And yep. re relationships are big. I, I think there are some jobs that I left on really, really bad terms. And I'm really proud of it. Um, and there's some jobs that I left on really good terms that I wish mm -hmm. I would have left on bad terms and given them a piece of my mind, but I didn't that led to open doors later. So I've had like that experience where I'm like, ah, oh, you know how you try to kind of end is important. The whole like burning bridges thing. There are some mm -hmm. that yeah. I torched down and I'm, I go back to that burn bridge to this day. And I'm like, that was so, that was sweet. I did a good <laughs> job there. Um, don't want whatever's on the other side of that one. But as time has gone on too, it's, it's strange. Like I worked at this job once that was a bead store and people would just kind of come in. Uh, and because of, I didn't get paid much to sit there and make jewelry and organize, you know, little bead strands and teach classes on how to sew and put the bead, you know, like all the jewelry kind of things. Mm -hmm. I didn't get paid very much, but I loved it. And I was having a good time. Um, when that bead store closed down, I was given some equipment as part of like a, Hey, we're closing down. We really appreciated you. Here's some equipment that equipment helped do the next thing. And one relationship from that spurred another thing over here. And it's just like, it's just interesting how you just, you never know, uh, what's happening or, or working a job mm -hmm. like retail and someone that you're talking to, like when I did, um, hotels.com, there were several times that I was told you'd be really, really good in radio. And one person even tried to get me a job at the radio station I would eventually go to work at years later. Mm -hmm. Just trippy stuff like that. So pay attention, you know, as best you're able to try to keep your, um, like your vibration, your energy sort of elevated. In other words, find the, find the thing that you can do. I, I remember telling Aaron, we were in a really bad place at the radio station and I hated going to work every day. I just, the visual was, I only had like a four by four piece of area around me that mm -hmm. I could control. And I was going to make that the, the best place I could be. I couldn't control yeah. anything else that was happening around me, yeah. the drama, the misunderstandings or whatever, but I could control what was in that four by four space. And so when people came into that space and wanted to actually connect with me, the person, they saw someone that was genuinely happy to be alive and able to do what I was doing, even though I didn't understand where it was going to lead. Uh, anyway, I hope that's encouraging. Again, and we could talk about this stuff forever because we, we could experience a lot. The in the one encouragement I would give about being in a job you don't want to be in because you have to be in it. We've all been there. Knowing when to pull the ripcord on that is really interesting because <laughs> I think I would oh. land more on the risky side than a lot of people would. I've pulled that ripcord sooner than I think a lot of people would. I I had. Yeah, well, uh, uh, there have been two Relief. times, two specific times in our um, relationship, our marriage, uh, where I have um, 
I, you know, I say I, we, everything we did was a, a mutual decision, but have cut our income in half to go to the next thing, to figure out the yep. next thing. And yep. um, that was that's, scary. it's very scary, but I think I waited till the right time in both instances to go, this is the time we're going to have a season of shallow and then, in you know, the <laughs> <laughs> then we'll figure it out. So, uh, so yeah, and we're kind of, in, we're kind of heading into a little bit of that, uh, that season again for my wife this time, you know, like there's, you know, she's got some, some interesting she's things she some, wants to Some plans to do, for the next so. few years yeah, that she wants so. to accomplish. So, yeah. So it's, I think that's always a, a valuable thing to go. Where am I? Where do I want to be? How do I get there? When do I pull the ripcord and, um, take a risk because the, yeah. you can pull it too early. Um, and you can pull it too late. And, uh -huh. and so, sure yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You end up bouncing back. <laughs> if, yeah. you've got, if you've got good support around you, that's one thing I've always had though. And not everybody has that. So you have to look at your support system because there have been, a, sometimes I've pulled the ripcord way too early or way too late, mm -hmm. uh, and abandon something. Cause I'm like, I am emotionally out. I'm out. Yeah. You know? And, um, thankfully I had people around me who could help me understand how to take the, the little resources I had because of that decision <laughs> and, and make it stretch and, or help me get into a different position pretty quickly. Uh, uh, even if it was one I didn't like. Jose the third says, uh, I love that you use the term vocation. It gives the sense of a calling, giving your work purpose. Uh, yeah, I like the word vocation. Um, it's, it's my preferred choice for work. Uh, Sarcastic Honey Badger says, I just want a future where I can make breakfast in bed for someone without being asked, who are you and how did you get in here? <laughs> <laughs> goal. Listen, Badger. That's a good goal. That's a good goal. That is a, that is a, a very, uh, it's a worthwhile goal. That is, that is definitely a worthwhile goal. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. I, I just want to read this one from Caleb, mm -hmm. who sure, says, yeah. I'm very bad at quitting jobs. I just rationalize staying, even if I'm miserable. Luckily, last time I was in that situation, a global pandemic came along and did that job for me. You, you know, know, sometimes the outside forces are the saviors. Yep. Yeah. I think that's true, too. Sometimes uh, horrible, crazy things happen to uh, push you out of the nest. I often wonder that, too, about... Um, like in jobs that I had where I really, really wanted to stay, but it was really mm -hmm. clear that you shouldn't. It's just so hard to understand in those moments. How do you yeah. follow like your instinct? And mm -hmm. it's it's a scary it's scary stuff. But we yeah. uh, we want to encourage you guys, all of you guys looking for kind of what you want to do. Um, I think, of course, the goal is that you find something that you can make money at that you're really passionate about, so that when you work, you work really hard, but you love it, and so it doesn't feel the same as if you were like grinding for something that you hated. Maybe you're only working 30 or 40 hours a week, but you feel so drained at the end of the day versus maybe working 60 hours a week, but you're having a ball and it, it really does make a difference. And of course we, we've talked about yeah. it so many times, like if Aaron I, and I had million, like a multi-bajillion dollar company, like that we would want to continue to try to help people figure out how to plug into their dream and make a mm -hmm. living uh, yeah. because it's just a wonderful feeling and we, we really do hope that you guys all have a chance to experience that yourselves. Yeah, there's a dial, too, that you kind of have to figure out what your dial is as far as what you actually need. And I think, you know, we've been blessed to understand that, that need is a very specific term. 
And, you know, we lived, like I said, with four boys in a 700 square foot home for, you know, five years because that was what we had resources for. Whereas a lot of people, they end up taking jobs they don't want because they feel like they need more. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a part of the equation, too, is where is your dial for what you can survive on, what you actually need to live um, and be comfortable. And yeah, so that's it's definitely an interesting Amber thing Sars, to think about. Um, Hey, Amber says, I have had a trying day today. And that comment made everything worthwhile. The honey badger is my spirit animal in the sense of both the animal and the user. Nice. So honey badger, I guess it's just, you know, it's up to you, man. You got to just start posting some fun stuff for Amber. Uh, Sending some love to you today. Everybody. Absolutely. Send some love to Amber in the chat. Amber Soar. That's right. The coolest dinosaur ever. Oh, I Uh, have a dinosaur somewhere. Yeah, I do too. Hey, yours is nope, nope. Yours isn't within reach. I was it's thinking, right over of, there. I was thinking of our dinosaurs right that there. we have in the studio. Yeah, it's right but over there. But you can't reach them. I can't reach it. Sorry, I'm sore. Uh, you ready to uh, move on to the DNA and you? DNA and you. So uh, in this part, we'll both have a topic that we're just going to be bringing to the forefront of our consciousness. You might think we've already done that, but no. <laughs> That was just the FAQ part of the show. Um, and then we also, for you, we'll take questions in the chat from you guys. Just make sure you put a U in front of your question so we can easily kind of glance through chat and see it. And you should be safe to do that now. Uh, we should be able to find those. Uh, Danae, what do you got for the, the uh, D topic today? Okay, so I ha- have you ever written a letter to yourself? And why? That's my question today. So yeah. it's, it's, a little bit, it's, a, it's a little bit like, have I ever? Um, so I want to encourage you to potentially try it. Uh, I have been going through, as you guys know, getting everything into my space and kind of uh, organizing it. And I um, came across this letter to myself. Uh, this is right as I was starting to go to massage therapy school. Um, and at this time in my life, I was non-committal on every level possible, <laughs> <laughs> which goes right along with what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they asked us to sit down and write a letter to ourselves, uh, in the future. Isn't this weird? It's just weird. I are like, this is just a weird kind of coinky dink. Sure. Um, just like goals for yourself, something that you're, you're hope for the next, specifically this next set of time. And so I, I opened this thing up and I was like, what is this? Uh, so essentially I learned something about me back from this period of time. I think this was like 2005 or something. And so, um, I would like, I'm just going to read a couple lines to you guys. I would like to see myself commit to excellence. Guys, I use the C word. (laughs) Commit Uh just for clarity and able to stick to my schedule. Mm -hmm. Well, the struggle has always been real for me in that regard. I would like to know that my time has been used wisely such growth today. I would like to refine myself in ways that continue with what I have been working on these past years. I want to be true to myself, my beliefs, my body, my mind, my spirit, and I hope to discipline myself and my time um, wisely. Uh, Perhaps my devotion to this school will allow barriers to break for church, Kenbo, friends, guitar, dogs, work, boyfriend, and so much more. I hope that I'll be proud of myself because I've actually truly for the first time given my all and tried my best. Hmm. 
what there's yeah. an awareness there of you know kind of growth like where you, your growth you know spots are that's well, really good yeah i was really i was really excited that like my personal goals were like i want to have a thousand dollars by the end of this year or whatever like it was <laughs> right yeah, yeah, it yeah. was it was really me looking at this challenge ahead of me so maybe if you guys haven't written a letter to yourself think of like something that's a challenge and kind of go what you hope to see on the other side of this challenge for yourself for me, when it was school, it was knowing that if something got hard, I just flipped the bird and left. And that was just my yeah. life. Um, yeah. Relationships were that way. Like anything really was that way. I was just like, I don't, I don't need to be here. Uh, and so, but in this case, I really wanted to actually try. And I was so scared. And I actually wrote earlier on that I was scared of like failure. I was scared of what it would mean to actually uh, because I am self-critical and oftentimes mm -hmm. analytical. So um, I may overcome these obstacles. I'd like to see myself do like commit to this. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm scared. I might let myself down. Like those are my fears that I was having and kind of dealing yeah. with because I did, I wanted to do a really good job. Turns out I did, I got a 4.0 and I worked really hard. Now granted, this wasn't like going to college for nursing. This was anatomy, physiology, kinesiology, like all thrown at you mm -hmm. in these small little things. But the way that it, uh, the way that I interacted with the education and the challenges of tests and the relationships that you begin to develop in a tight knit circle of going to a really highly specific school like that, it changed my entire life. And it was so cool. I actually played guitar in front of people for the first time that year. I had been playing it in private and in secret. I hadn't sung in, uh, in front of anyone before. Um, I helped people start to learn my, my love of teaching kind of started in that time because I really absorbed anatomy and physiology quickly. And then the people who are struggling around me, I would literally bring my guitar to school with me and make up silly songs. And we would all laugh. And then they would really excel in their tests because we're making up like, okay, so there's this muscle called the erector pili. You can imagine that my song about that was inappropriate. <laughs> you think? But the erector pili is what like, when you get goosebumps, mm -hmm. it, it it is what pulls your skin closer when you get kind of chilly or you mm -hmm. get like the goosebumps, it, they pu it pulls your skin closer to your muscle mass, which is why you see the bumps because you're seeing like where the, um, the, the hair follicle is. And it's just it's really fascinating because they're just super freaking mm -hmm. tiny little muscles. Um, and so I sang this silly song, very uh, Adam Sandler-esque about the erector pili and stuff like that would happen. And it was just like this incredible moment. Also, that was when I began to contemplate God for the first time on my own because the human body is just so incredible. And I was like, man, like how did we even come to be? <laughs> so just a cool experience all around. But uh, all that stuff is stuff that I took with me, but I forgot that I wrote this letter. So when I found it, it was a joy because I remembered being so concerned. And now that I am on the other side of it and I have all those fond memories, and all the things that I got to learn. Um, I, I really think it's important sometimes to find something physical uh, that can connect you back to a struggle or just the contemplations of something for yourself. So I just wondered if you guys had ever written anything. And if you hadn't, uh, I would encourage you to give it a try. I think yeah. it's a really cool reflection thing. Uh, I've never done this. Um... I I don't know what it is. I this the this, this, this idea doesn't 
like jive with me like i can't imagine no 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 i know i just it's i'm trying to process what it is about sitting down with a a piece of paper and a pen or even a uh you know blank sheet in google sheets or whatever (laughs) and and just typing yeah and writing to myself right no that's not happening then no 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 (laughs) then you can see your handwriting it's fascinating i actually used to take the time to to try to have legible writing it's amazing yeah that's what i was if i wrote it on a piece of paper a future me wouldn't be able to read it anyway so uh, it would (laughs) would actually (laughs) negate what's going on but there is something about it that i just i go why like the purpose of it for me you know it, it i don't know what it is it's something about how how is this time being used going to practically benefit future me when I look back on this and I don't know, I feel like I know what past me felt and future me can imagine that letter. You know, I can imagine the letter I would have written myself 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I agree with you though, because yeah, no, you're probably right. So for example, the other day I was going through some video archives and I found a video that I completely forgot about Yeah, a moment in time that was so fun and so hilarious. Right. Completely forgot about. Right. I would have zero zero recollection of that. I think like sometimes we just need these triggers to remind us of who we were in a moment and what we were thinking mm-hmm. about in a moment, what was precious mm-hmm. to us in a moment. And if we don't stop and take time to document that somehow, mm-hmm. then then it's just experiential. Now, and this is from an experiential person. I love to just be in my moment. I don't I don't like I I cannot journal every day. My mm-hmm. I don't my cousin can, my grandmother can. I can't, I cannot discipline myself, but finding like these little things, it's just really fascinating. I, I do have old journals. Uh, I journaled through college and, uh, and did some of that stuff. And yeah, when I, when I read it, um, you're right. There is, there is an interesting element of, you know, Horror. oh, I remember being that person. <laughs> Horror um, and embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> lots of that, lots of that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's, there's some interesting, uh, things that I wouldn't remember. Um, so yeah, no, I get what you're saying. You're probably right. It's just uh, a weird thing for me. Polly says, um, I don't write, but I do draw stuff. Well, That's go. good. I draw like some that. Stuff for um, your future self. Mariella says, I have been writing poetry for decades. Ooh. Yeah. I have a poetry book too of... Uh, my poetry I've written over the years. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like a Shel Silverstein. Like that's somebody else's poetry no. here, and that does not count. No, I have a uh, uh, a book where that I bought that has like a whole bunch of um, just blank pages, you know. And so I was um, I more drew my poems. I did I did what I called three D poetry, which was basically I would take a word. And then I would try to draw the essence of that word out in three dimensions. And the three dimensions would be both, um, you know, just making it more physical on the page. But also I would I would take I would make it an acronym. So, you know, if the word was death, you know, I would do the D-E-A-T-H and what it stood for. And then I would go one more layer and do an acronym for that poem. So it would be three dimensions of the poem. So there would be, you know, what you read. If you take all the first don't letters, eat a tiny hedgehog. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So then, how? Would, yeah. What's the next step? I, I should. I, I should bring. I should show you some of this stuff. Uh, I don't yeah, know. That, I don't know that you've incredible. ever. I don't know that you've ever seen this, but um, you should twitch yourself doing this live. I have an unfinished project. <clears throat> 
I've never heard this about you. I have an unfinished project called God in Seven Dimensions. And the idea was to continue this recursive acronym seven times, starting with the word God. Okay. And then in basically each each go over dare. Easy. <laughs> go over dare. <laughs> nice. Uh yeah, basically each time the poem starts with God of and then some attribute that starts with a D. Dinosaurs. God of dinosaurs. And okay, then the next okay. one would be God of, because if it always starts with God, then the first part can always be God of such and such. Right. And the idea was to do that seven times. Okay. Uh, I am stuck in the middle of the sixth. And oh, what you don't realize dinosaurs. about exponential uh, uh, acronyms is how quickly they become millions of words. <laughs> so, like, oh my goodness, getting to that seventh. So it's a totally unfinished project. I don't know that I will ever finish it. Um, but see, that's interesting but, about you because, like, you don't really keep a lot of keepsakes. Mm -hmm. So for yeah. you to have kept that, I think that's an interesting. I think it's right on the other side of that door. I would run in 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 get it, but. Hey, listen, um, if you weren't willing to go get dinosaurs, then you <laughs> I don't didn't say I wasn't willing. I just pointed at him. <laughs> if you had asked me to go get him, maybe I would have. You don't know. Uh, okay. But, but we see. probably should move on. Uh, Caleb says, even if I ever never go back to it, journaling helped me understand the present more com complexly. I think that's right. I think and, that's right. And Nick adds, I'm constantly embarrassed by my past self and decisions. So a letter from past Nick is not something I would trust <laughs> or listen to. That guy was a mess. <laughs> I can relate. Like yeah. past today, also present, future day. I'm a mess. I am a mess. But it is interesting to go like, I have struggled with the same things consistently. So I, it actually empowers me in a way. Yeah. The first, the first thing I write is my hopes for this next year is that I'm, I'm not my usual flighty. I'm like, I'm still, I still struggle with that to this day of yeah. knowing when, like, what is the trigger to just like bounce? Uh, yeah. But it's yeah. interesting. Cause then that I can like, when I join a project or something, uh, and I, I have a, a group of people that maybe is depending on me and I know I'm going to struggle with that thing. Um, I've been able to learn some stuff about myself. I'm more of a builder than I am a, an executor. Like I build yeah. things and then I also am really good at delegating and leading. Like I can see big picture and kind of break it down. But knowing where I am in the follow through part is the hardest thing for me. So um, mm -hmm. I've actually learned a lot about myself. And so I don't know. Yes, it's messy, but there's also some power in understanding those things sure. that I see as weaknesses. Of course. Uh, ready to move on to the A topic? Nope. Okay. What else did you want to talk about? Nothing. Okay. I just wanted to say nope. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I am always going to give you the opportunity to follow the convictions of your words. Oh, uh, thanks, Darren. <laughs> Go ahead. Take us over. What's your topic? The A topic today is what do you have trouble not getting judgy about? Ooh. Let's get honest here. Uh, none of us oh, want to no. be judgy people. Um, and in fact, I think I've often talked to Nay about how you are one of the least judgmental people I've ever met. And it's one of the things I really admire and appreciate about you. Well, thank you. Um, is that you have an openness to uh, humans, no matter what they've done, where they've been, who they are. And it's very dangerous, but I, yes. No, 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 it is. Certainly. There, there are always pros and cons, light sides and dark sides, if you, if you want, uh, mm -hmm. to different characteristics. I'm actually not thinking of something for myself right now. You thinking I'm, of something for me? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what would it be for Aaron that you would be judgy about? And I think it's going to be related to traffic, but I'm not sure. 
Uh, I, I mean, there are several <laughs> things. There are several things we could go into, but I can tell you where this came from. Is uh, the Golden Globes were on yesterday? I think somebody oh. asked a you, YouTube question about them. I don't watch them. I don't care about them. I think they're a joke of an award ceremony. Oh my! Oh my! And uh, the shade been, of it all. I'm gonna sip my tea. Right. No. So here's the thing. There have been there have been several investigations, articles documenting how corrupt they are. How they're just a shadowy cabal. There's only like 87 people. They won't tell how they pick the people. Um, you know, like there's, it's just, it's, there's no reason it should take a center place in pop culture awards discussion. Right. So I've talked about this before and just like, if I'm scrolling Twitter, when the golden globes are on, like, I'm just judging people. <laughs> just like, why are you even talking about this? Like turn oh, this off. My goodness. So, and, and Ooh. so I, of course I would never do that publicly. Um, but that instinct is there. Like there's the, that instinct of why doesn't everybody feel like I do? Why do they participate in something that is so obviously corrupt? You know, like that, that kind of thing. And so I was just kind of checking myself. I was just like, you know, first of all, you're assuming what other people know, which is a horrible assumption. And then you're assuming even if they knew that, why wouldn't it still be entertaining to them? Why couldn't they just watch a bunch of celebrities get awards? And why does it matter that the group that's giving them is, you know, horrible and corrupt and doesn't have a single black member on the panel and all these other things. So like, I don't know. It's, it's definitely one of those things in my life where I'm like, check yourself. You don't need to be judging people for that kind of stuff. So yeah. Or you can connect to people like Caleb who says golden globes are just an excuse to get a bunch of famous people in one room and they can't do that this year. So it's <laughs> even more pointless. This also the, the other reason I have to be very, very careful is because it also comes from the selfish place of I participate in an award ceremony that that I feel like does deserve that level of pop culture discourse. And it does a lot of the things that the Golden Globes pretends to do. Um, so, Ooh. so yeah, there's that other element of it's a bit mm -hmm. self-serving. And so, like, I try to keep my mouth shut uh, for the most part. But I thought I'd talk about but today at least that feeling here. No, 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 it just... Place. Yeah, this You're is my safe, safe place. Here, this is my safe place. And honestly, it's one of those things where I just want to use it as a launching off and let you know that's where it comes from. There are certainly other things in my life uh, that I kind of, you know, feel this way about. Um, you're right. There are certainly many traffic instances where I have a hard time not judging somebody who uses the curb as a turn lane. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Looking as at you a person today. who does that sometimes, <laughs> I feel very, it feels like a very local thing. I, I've never I experienced feel... on this level till I moved here, and it's really, really uh, astonishing. Elizabeth so. is judgy about bad drivers. Yeah, that's. I think that's a really one. common one mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like when what I struggle, what I struggle with. I think in my mind, I'm trying to envision when my husband gives me that look. Like, yeah, yeah, what you're saying is ridiculous or whatever. And mm -hmm. it really is about driving, but it's very specifically about four-way stops. And I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to spend much time on it. But here in Republic, it does not matter when you arrive at the four-way stop. All rules are out the window because it is based on who is waving who through. And in the Midwest, that is definitely the case, yeah. But it's so bad here. I I did not experience this when I lived in Springfield, which was a lot more people, mostly maybe because there's not very many four-way stops. But here in Republic, there are fewer. And so it's very common to just, you know, I will be the last person to arrive at a four-way stop. 
And you're everyone, going through first. Everyone else is waving to each other when mm -hmm. I arrive. This has yeah. happened multiple times and I'm not exaggerating. And yeah. I just drive on through. And if people start to go, I don't even look. I don't, I don't, I don't care if you're upset about it. I am not spending my time having a social conversation by waving to each other. Well, oh, no, you go. Oh, no, you Especially go. because there are rules in There's place for rule. this. Like, we literally <laughs> have rules about this stuff. I, I had this experience anyway. just yesterday where Ugh. it wasn't even a four-way. It was a two-way. And the other way is, you know, straight through. Uh, somebody was across the way going straight. I was turning left. They got there first even. And they were like, you know, come through. You're turning left. I'm like, there are two rules that state you should go first. Two uh, of them. I went. I don't care. Whatever. But it's just like it's this performative kindness, right? It's this idea it's that weird. It, it really so is weird. It's, it's very strange, and it's very much a Midwest <gasps> thing where it's like performative politeness, you know. And it's like you're not being polite. You're making things worse because you are disrupting the system. It's so, absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah. And I think the hardest part for me is that I, when my husband is in the car with me, I'll say. I don't understand this. I don't understand. And I, I think I say it enough that he's kind of like over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I, that's as judgy as I regularly get. Yeah. Uh, sarcastic honey badger says, don't even get me started on a roundabout. <laughs> People around here uh, are just learning for, we just got a roundabout by the high school here. And um, let's just say I've seen somebody going the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> The other thing is people just sit there and wait forever because they don't understand like when they're supposed to go. And yeah, it's, it's cast says, meanwhile, in the Northeast, a four-way stop is a rolling stop. Who cares who gets there first? Yeah. That's, that's the good stuff. Um, yep. yeah, I, we, we hit on, we hit on a four-way stop. It's just like, Ooh, uh, Jose says here in Texas, we do not wave people at four way stops. Who knows? We might not even stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. You go to a bigger city. I remember the first time going uh, to New York and uh, being driven around by a New Yorker. And just like you do realize there are lines on the roads, right? Like, the, you know, you have lanes you're supposed to drive because they just like weave in and out and drive on, on the center line. Like I just, I was, it was mind blowing and, you know, running through red lights and all sorts of fun stuff. I so. love that Dio says as a Midwestern folk, I issue the statement on our behalf. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Oop. laughs> very true. Uh, Caleb says, I judge people who get emotionally invested in football, even though I get emotionally invested in hockey. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Choose, like, boy, I have do, I had yeah. this conversation? Yeah. I think I think I probably <laughs> have this a little bit. Although I, so I live with a football fan. I also live with somebody who I don't know that he would say he's emotionally invested in like WWE wrestling, but it certainly is something he spends time on and he gets excited about. Well, that's a little bit so, different considering it's scripted. That that is yeah, there's a there's but he's a still different invested in it. Correct, but I'm just saying that is a different situation than sports. Okay. And maybe I'm maybe I'm now getting judgy about WWE, but I suppose I, you are. But I'm not. Well, I don't I mean be entertained what, by it, but you know What you is can, this web you are weaving right now? <laughs> well, listen, I get emotionally invested in fake characters in movies. I'm not saying it can't be fake and still be emotionally compelling. What I'm saying is 
there is a there is a slight difference between what we assume is like a legitimate sporting competition where the winner and loser is determined on the field mm-hmm. and something where it's scripted and the winner and loser is determined, you know, in a back room before it happens. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can feel the WWE fans quaking. <laughs> what? What did I say wrong? What, I, I no, let me know. I, I really don't know. I don't know that you did. I can oh, okay. just feel it in the atmosphere. <laughs> feel some WWE. It doesn't mean fans it's not fun. It doesn't, doesn't mean you can't have fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I I have had this conversation many many times. There was a time I was very emotionally invested in my teams, my sports teams, mm. and when they would lose, I would be down for a week, just like down in spirit, upset grumpy, angry. Um, and I realized that, uh, I was letting something that didn't matter impact things that do matter. And that, that was, that was a tough one for me because there is legitimacy in, in the idea that you can't, that it is a spectrum, right? If you're not going to be devastated by a loss, you're also not going to feel the same level of euphoria with a win. And that that is that is a sacrifice because that ultimate euphoria when your team wins is so special and fun and feels amazing. And I don't feel that anymore because I'm less invested. And that was a sacrifice I had to make uh, because I just made I had to make the intellectual decision to go. It does not matter. And Mm -hmm. I have to stop being invested. So now when my teams win, it's like, cool, cool. Instead of like, yes, and my life is the best and everything's amazing and food tastes better. And yeah, like it's just, <laughs> it's a total different thing. So, yeah. Uh, Doc says, this is going to be weird, but I judge people by the anime that they watch. That's mm. specific. That's how I roll. No nice. judgment here. You can be. Is that how you crunchy roll? That's a little, it's a little shout out for the, for the anime fans. Oh, I had no idea what you're talking about. That's cool. I, I don't really either. Oh, okay. Uh, I may have just made a fool of myself. I think that's a streaming service for anime. Oh, okay, <laughs> I think, okay. I think I could be completely wrong. This made me think uh, that I also feel like I'm a little, I am judgy. Oh, I just thought of a, this is a big one for me. This is even people judging a little. No, no, no. It's performance judging. Oh, you found one, huh? I did. I found one. Okay. Um, because I was once a, uh, a server at a restaurant, I just have, a, I have a standard. <laughs> And when I am at a restaurant and I have really poor service, I get judgy about that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Judgy for the server or yeah. the restaurant? Probably a little bit of both, but mostly mm-hmm. I feel like it's probably on the server. And when I say I have a standard, I don't mean like draping, you know, something over their arm and being like, would you like a refill, ma'am? Um, Oh, thank you so much for being here. Like I, none of that. And I'm talking about that. I'm talking like being at a pizza joint. To go to England joint. all of a sudden. Well, you know, I'm just thinking about like posh or whatever. Yes. I'm talking about like going to a pizza joint for a real quick pizza, and yeah. you and you're not you get no refill the whole time. Yeah. That's that kind of stuff. So. I mean, Chick Fil A has built an entire ecosystem on the idea of super service. Right, the idea of going the extra mile just in how you serve people, and that is part of the reason that they find themselves in such a successful sp- spot is because they know how to do that. So yeah. I don't know. I do, I do, I do that. But you know, what? it's been a long time since I've been at a restaurant, so that's why I forgot about that one. Uh, I can yeah. understand that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm looking through for a few others. 
Uh, it don't connect says I judge people by how they interact with animals. I don't trust someone that doesn't immediately say hello to an animal, even if it's a box turtle or squirrel while hiking. Uh, well, it don't connect. It's been nice. Maybe, uh, having you trust and respect me up until this point, uh, but there's no way I'm saying hello to a squirrel while hiking. Uh, I am that person though. Danae is that person. That is for sure. I'm out there going, ah, holy crap. That's hilarious. Yeah. I thought that was going in a different direction at don't connect. I thought it was like, I judge people based on how they treat animals just in general. You know, you go to someone's house and if they're rude to their dog. Yeah, but that was that's just based on even animals out in nature. Love that. Uh, Lolly says I'm judgy of people who don't please and thank you on every single sentence. It was drilled into me Whoa. as a kid. Well, thank you, Lolly, for that comment. Um, <laughs> that would be so interesting. Like, what is kind of a, It's Did a you... and sir kind of thing. I was I was the and sir thing was like drilled into me um, for adults. So, I was you know. listening to a stream the other day on Twitch. Uh, I don't remember who it was. Was it Amberstar? I'm not sure. But uh, they were talking about how growing up in the UK, they had to take classes, uh, like etiquette classes. It was part of like the expected way you grow up is you have like etiquette classes. So my question, Lolly, is did you, is that part of like, you had to go to a school and this was just part of what's ingrained in you? I don't know. I'm just kind of curious about that. I mean- that's just an A curious. You can send me yeah. a message on Instagram if you want to and tell me all about your all about your life growing up. <laughs> uh well there you go. There's some things that we get a little bit judgy about. I think it's uh I think it's important. Um Slab says I judge people who don't like Doctor Whom. Moisturize me. Uh yeah. I I don't judge people who don't like Doctor Who. Um, I think it's funny but I do to talk love Doctor it. Who. Because you kind of realize that you need to like take things a little bit less seriously. Um, sometimes, but I, I'm pretty sure that the four-way stop thing is something that is a issue. Yeah, and let's not even start with grammar, because uh, then this just opens up a whole new level of grammar judgment on uh, different things. Uh, you ready to head on to the you questions today? I am. <laughs> but I want to throw this one up really super fast. Sure, go for it. Milkmaid says, "I judge people that only talk about other people. <gasps> this is a good one, especially their friends." Mm-hmm. Significant mm-hmm. others that speak negatively in public about their counterparts. Yep. When couples argue in public without having respect for each other to wait until they get home. Am I too judgy? <laughs> I think, man, there there is another interesting conversation to have about internal judgment versus external action. And I think being judgy, quote unquote, internally is a very natural human response. You don't understand why other people aren't like you. It's like you see what is you see what you believe is right. And when other people don't do what you believe is right, you place that on them, uh, your definitions of right and wrong. And um, yeah, it's a very natural human thing. The question is, how do you respond? And that can be from the extreme of going over and being like, hey, you should not do this. Like that's, you know, judgment personified to just giving a look. Even a look can be, you know, judgy. Um, I would say there is a place for confrontation when somebody is doing something you don't think is right, but it's probably private and it's probably with people you are very, very close to. Uh, It is not with somebody who you're just an acquaintance with or is a stranger to you, unless it's an extreme thing where someone is in danger. That's that's obviously the extreme um, exclusion to that idea. But yeah. This made me think about um, 
this comment made me think about, I think like sometimes that judginess that comes up inside of us is a defense mechanism and or a protection mechanism that we have uh, to protect ourselves. Like for example, four-way stop. I don't like being around people who are dangerous drivers. <laughs> um, sure. Or going to a restaurant. Like I, I want to have water and I don't know how to get water. And if my waiter's not going to bring me water, how do I get water? Then like mm -hmm. that just, it, it, it ups my stress level. And sometimes maybe it's not like as serious, like maybe for example, sports related stuff, like, like what is it that you're trying to like protect yourself from and keep yourself from feeling or whatever. In this case, it's interesting because the judgment I feel is also just a precaution for, Ooh, I might not want to start a conversation with this person or have like, uh, maybe I can't trust them to be my friend because if they're talking about other people like this, they would talk about me. And I, I think mm -hmm. that that's a really important thing. Um, th that, that one really hits home for me because how people talk about others when they're around you is yeah. an indication of how they're going to be to you, which yeah. is a peek into the window of what kind of a relationship you would be potentially experiencing. No, that's not like, it's mm -hmm. not a for sure situation, but no, if you're talking crap about somebody when they leave the room, I know exactly what you're doing when I leave the room, you know, mm -hmm. like, it's just, I, I totally agree with that. That's, um, that's right. They're, they're, they're talking about how much they like you because you're the exception to the rule. <laughs> you're the exception you're to their rule. That's right. Yeah. Man, this is a really good one. There's just so much. Yeah. Uh, I'm very bothered by people who put on glamorized facades of their lives on social media when you know them personally and are aware none of it's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a tool for their self-esteem at the cost of making others feel insecure. Boy, Same. we're getting deep now. We're getting yep. deep now. Good stuff. Um, Super yeah. good stuff. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's head into the you questions. This is your time. If you have a question for us, any topic, any question, let us know in the chat. We'll start with JCD. Uh, you question, have you ever had something you considered your favorite getting dethroned with a single experience of something else? My favorite movie just got dethroned last mm -hmm. week. Uh, so something you always considered your favorite whatever that gets dethroned. Immediately for me, uh, for most of my life, uh, when people ask what my favorite food was, uh, I would say mashed potatoes. <laughs> it is... <laughs> You knew that. Had you forgotten that? I forgot. Your favorite food is just a vegetable. They're so good. Just the right little amount of butter and just mashed up potatoes. They're so good. Listen, so, Tot Girl, you love your potato products. No, no, you know no, how I, it is. I know, but it's just as a super taster, you want to have like a really bland food because it's a wonderful experience right, for you because right. you're not like being jarred by flavor. And I understand like, what do you think? Like, to know what's your favorite food? I'm like, oh man, there's a super flavorful thing. And you're like, I love a potato. I do. No gravy. No Ooh. extra seasonings, just, I just potatoes, a little bit of butter, and oh, man, good stuff. So oh. for a long time, and then I think it was within the last you know five years or so, uh, I began to uh, question myself, and it's like, is that really my favorite food? And I today, you are having trouble keeping it together. Uh, I just can't wait to hear what it is. It's like now my favorite food is a bread. super bland bread. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, I just I realized that uh, pizza has probably always been my favorite food, and I think I probably just, just like oh my god, stay away from that just because it's such a common answer. But we were specifically having deep dish pizza at Giordano's, and I was like, there is nothing better 
than this much mozzarella with some tomato sauce and a meat product in some crust. Like this is, this is just the best thing ever. Uh, and I was like, Nope, mashed potatoes. You are, you are now in second place. <laughs> so there you go. I don't rank things. That is true. I that have a really true. hard time ranking things because then I have to keep track of things and keeping track of things is not something I do well. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I was thinking about the book maybe like there was a book that I, I talked about last week actually, uh, and Lord of the Rings was once my favorite fantasy. And then like, I read this trilogy and I remember being crushed like, Oh no, I think I like this more than Lord of the Rings. And well, that, there you that go. can't happen. Yeah. So, it's, but it's kind of lame because it was last week, but that's my answer. I think for right now. Yeah. Nick says, I started listening to old DNA episodes. What's the story behind adorable kid voice Danae and what spurred you <laughs> to stop? First of all, we don't know what you're talking about. Uh, uh, we had a little girl who used to come in uh, named Tassie Tabs, uh, which is what you're talking about. And when you say old DNA episodes, I believe you're talking about the Shoe the Dough podcast. Yes. Um, oh, my so, God. So, yeah. Uh, Danae, question. do you want to do you want to address Tassie and why we don't see or hear Tassie anymore? Are we wide open right now? Is this, is <laughs> it the time? I mean, everyone knows that this was a real like it was a child. It was never it was a, me. No, it was a real child that, okay. would, that would come in. Um, Part of the joy of meeting new people is them realizing I love to do voices and and things like that and so uh when when aaron and i did radio together uh this would come up from time to time and so yeah the character tassie tab was just this little person with a ton of crazy energy who was supposed to be like the super fan of shoe the dough a uh, completely obsessed with shoe the dough and then the idea was that she like came in the studio and very excitedly did all these little introductions, uh, this wildness. And so I would essentially go to the microphone and just shut all my brain down to where there's nothing up in my noodle. Uh, and then I would just channel raw chaos from this child's perspective, talking about this passion. And um, it was a lot of fun and I loved it a lot. And then we realized that, well, she would eventually grow up and yeah, so, she just graduated from high school, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like she'd be like, yeah, she was cool once. Uh, yeah, we realized go. we realized about the time she turned, you know, 15 or 16, she wouldn't have time for us and wouldn't no. be a super fan anymore. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, we just kind of put her on the back burner. Um, I'm not opposed to doing voices, but here's the thing that I've come to realize. Um, my love of mimicking sound and like an expression and how words, like if I just shift how I like form my words that it's very interesting or, or even a, like adding a lisp or an accent can actually be really offensive. And I now have a fear of offending people, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's like, if it was for a project or like a, an animated thing, I, I don't think it would be the same because it would be a character. But mm -hmm. as Danae just playing around with uh, voices and, pronunciation and and, yeah. and and delivery i i would it would crush me if i hurt somebody that way because i am would never that would never come from me that would right. never be my intention um i remember like realizing that my husband had a lisp I, I genuinely don't hear stuff i don't i don't hear lisps and things um from a perspective of like the pain of maybe being made fun of or something like that 
I hear it more like this fascinating thing, like, oh, that means right. his tongue is touching his teeth in this way. You know what I mean? So uh, I just realized a while back that as I hear something and then mimic it, that it could come across like I'm making fun of. And so yeah. I've kind of just pulled back on my voices, but I still do things like old man voices and I, I'm because you're not you're not uh, you're not worried about offending the old men. No, uh, that is no. <laughs> the old men they're are going to be fine. Fair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one I'm fine with, um, and there probably are others that I'll find again. But I've been doing voices and silly stuff since I was little. So there was like yeah. the I used to do like this hick farmer named Jodo when I was like thir- like twelve, eight to twelve, and it would entertain everyone, make them laugh, and I loved doing that, like puppets and things like that. So. Yeah, that was a that was just part of the expression of me. I I hope you enjoy it. Tassie's great. I miss yeah. her in, in a way. I don't know if I could find her. I would have to practice at it. Metzcast says, "What is something at twenty one you loved that at your current age?" And then parenthesis says, "Danae is twenty three. That's true. Uh, you don't love anymore. Uh, something at twenty one you loved that <laughs> you. T- well, there you go. I used to smoke cigarettes, and you I loved used it. To love it. I don't yeah. like it anymore. Yeah, is that true, or you just know it's unhealthy? No, I'm sorry, I to, I'm sorry to press in on this. No, it's but, okay. No, I so don't. So, what like changed it. about the enjoyment of it? Because I remember you you've talked about enjoying the you know the inhaling idea mm-hmm. was enjoyable to you. Breathing so, in smoke and breathing out smell like a dragon. Like, yeah, that's like dragon. Like, yeah. So, what changed <laughs> about the enjoyment of it? Um, something about when I realized I'd been smoking for almost a decade and I wasn't even thirty <laughs> was weird. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I think it was, I went to, uh, this place. It was a, it's like a traveling, uh, the bodies museum. Have you ever heard of that before? Yes. Yeah, I have. It's like a traveling exhibit where, uh, it's very much anatomy. So it's like, they literally have cadavers that were dedicated for science and then they've, uh, displayed them in very, uh, artistic ways and then also scientific ways. So you can see how the muscles move with these different people positioned in different ways. And then they have like, um, just, you you get to see inside of the body. It was really, really fascinating. And when I was in massage therapy school, it kind of really helped me to understand muscle structures. So I went to one and they had a lung display and they had this like little thing where you could like literally just put your cigarettes in and be like, I am done. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember I was learning at the time about how long it takes for the lungs to regenerate and something like the tissue can basically re- regenerate itself after seven years. And I thought, if I stop now, I'll have new lungs by this date. And so I just kind of was like, I think I need to be done. I loved the flavor, even though now it just turns my stomach, like the smell of a cigarette. But mm. there was like, yeah, there was an addiction there. And I uh, I would say that addiction is oddly tied to love in a way. So that's my sure, answer. Sure, but I now, now, I, now I think it's just too, it's too risky. I don't want to pick up, and I'm talking about specifically cigarettes. I wouldn't. I I would pick them up and taste them again, and be like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then I would put it down. But I would. I just don't like it. I don't yeah. like the way. It, I don't like that. It's a, it's more of like a the the, the cool part of like for me breathing in and out something like that smoky um, is different when you think about how much tar is in it, <laughs> <laughs> or that burning sensation at the back of your throat yeah. of all the 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 chemicals that have been added. Uh, so I just, you know, education and time and experience, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it and I wouldn't do it. My answer is video games. Oh, good um, 
Yeah, up until except uh, for I still love those. <laughs> up until probably my kids were, you know, oh, we had four children and other stuff had to happen. Um, it and I just kind of lost my <laughs> desire. To, I just lost my desire to sit down and play video games. Um, I, I I remember the moment I was playing um, Breath of the Wild. Uh, no, that's the the that's the one before that. That's the new Zelda, right? That's the new Zelda. The Zelda before Breath of the Wild. Um, Skyward Sword. So I was playing uh, Skyward Sword, and it was so gorgeous and so beautiful, and something I would have so loved, you know, at twenty one or twenty five or whatever. And I was like, I I just I don't have time for this. I'm just I'm not like as beautiful as it is. I'd rather be doing something else. You know, if I'm I'm, I'm going to spend my downtime watching movies. I love those more than video games. And I only have so much downtime. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't love video games anymore. I keep up with them a little bit, just kind of uh, both through my kids who do love video games, uh, as well as, you know, some podcasts I listen to. But, yeah. I just wanted be- to point out that um, Lolly, who is English, says mm-hmm. that uh, she points out that I did an accent earlier. Yeah, about uh, five minutes ago. Yeah, I, I thought I, that was funny, too. And to be clear, we're not offended by it. It will pop out from time to time. All my voices will pop out, but then I immediately yeah. am like, oh crap, I should rein that back in. Yeah. Uh, Lolly also has a you question. If you were given permission to take home one item from a museum and muse- uh, a museum anywhere in the world, what Ooh. would it be? Uh, mine is obviously going to be movie related. Uh, you know, probably be from the Smithsonian or something like that uh, from a movie like a I prop? love. Yeah, like a prop from a movie or, or something like that. That's yep. interesting. I, Either that or like if or maybe a sports uh, museum, if I thought I could turn around and sell it <laughs> I'm for, like, mil- for millions of dollars. Instant, instantly, I'm like the Hope Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, this is not I, a hard I, question, guys. <laughs> I want to have Superman's cape. <laughs> I'm like the diamond. Give me that big fat diamond. Or uh, what if you took home like a T-Rex? <laughs> yes, I want the entire T-Rex skeleton uh, yes. from the Smithsonian, please. Uh, it Don't Connect says, you question, what's a weird, unusual coping mechanism you have for stress? Oh. Um, I don't feel stress, uh, so I don't have to cope with it. Um, Danae, what about you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do, this is I denial. Feel, no, no, no. I feel very little. That's true. I mean, I'm not. I'm not being silly. I, I feel stress is not something my personality type deals with much. Um, so, but I, I do have times when I get stressed, and I just, you know, I just sleep, and I feel better the next day. So, it's the question is a weird or unusual. Mm-hmm. So, sleep, for- sleep is not weird or unusual. I don't have a weird or unusual. I don't experience it enough to to have okay. Developed a weird or I unusual think mine, thing. I think I've said this before. I think mine is, I literally, I'll go. Oh, that's what I do. Okay. Well, I that see was... myself grabbing it, the stress, and I just like, okay. blah, 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 and then I like, I don't want to deal with it. So yeah. I, I kind of like grab it and then make weird sounds as I'm attempting to kill it, avoid it, um, ignore it, <laughs> whatever I've got to do. But there's usually attached to it some sort of vocal expression and hand motions. There are also times whenever I'll stand up and I'll just like do this like little crazy thing. So there you go. That's yeah. what I do. I, I guess I, I don't. I, I maybe make make a uh, like a maybe stress eat. I don't know. I think maybe oh. I do that. Mm. I mean, and food makes me feel good. But 
Yeah, this is a hard question for me. And I hate I hate it, too, because I don't like saying stuff like that. I don't feel a lot of stress because I know how many people deal with anxiety and stress. And, you know, if there were a way for me to trade a little bit of my ease to people and have a little bit more stress in my life so other people could have less, I absolutely would do that. It just it doesn't work that way. So there's this chat. You guys crack me up. Um, uh, like Doc saying, the Zelda game Aaron is talking about is the least popular in the Zelda yeah. series. Yeah, yes, matters now. Maybe yeah. that's why you quit because it was just like this. Oh, it was still great. great. It was still I beautiful. Know. I mean, um, but yeah. Uh, Caleb asks, Danae, do you use accents while DMing? In short, yes. Uh, I feel very safe with my friends, and I think that they understand my uh my part. Um, I do a Russian accent not great but i'm working on it and then my english accent but i don't i don't use my uh accents for a lot of characters i just have like kind of like the two main ones that i really want to delineate um the rest of them i is just me because i can't i'm not matt mercer let's just be honest um here's one from jose who says who asks is there a story that your family loves to tell others today's my parents anniversary happy anniversary parents uh, and they love telling the story of how they met as lifeguards and saw 12 monkeys for their first date. Great date movie. What a what a beautiful date movie. Whoa. How that worked out. Uh, I immediately think of one growing up um, when I was a little girl. I was at my great aunt's house for some reason. I guess some people just have little cactus gardens. And she had a cactus garden in her backyard hmm. in Missouri. Um, she had a little dog named Petey Deer. That does not matter, except for I can still hear her voice say, Petey Deer, Petey <laughs> It's just this screeching, horrible noise. Anyway, no, I love you. I love you. Petey Deer, rest in peace. Okay. I took the dog out for a walk. Leash got wrapped around me, fell into the cactuses. Uh, and so then they were like taking all these little prickles out of my bum. And um, I apparently just had a whole bunch of like silly little kid things to say. Mm -hmm. But it was a terrible moment for me, and they would just keep repeating it over and over and over again. Then they would immediately jump into the time whenever I had a pee accident when I was little, and I don't remember this. Uh, and they, they didn't get me to the bathroom in time, and so I said, too late. And so for my whole entire life growing up, they would say too late to me. To this day, I actually have a book on my bookshelf over there titled Too Late that I got for Christmas once as a joke. Nice. So, yep, yep. Those are the ones that they like to tell around the table. So my parents would tell this story much better than I because I don't remember it. Uh, but they always tell this story about the time we vacationed. I'm going to say Myrtle Beach. I'm going to say as a family, we went to Myrtle Beach. That is probably wrong. Probably half of what I'm about to tell you is wrong. Uh, and the reason is I don't maintain memories well. Um, but, uh, but they tell the story that I took my little sister three years younger than me. I think I was somewhere in the, I'm going to say five to eight range. And she would have been in like the two to five range, uh, somewhere in there. I took her out to the beach without telling them and, uh, went for a walk on the beach and was gone a long, long time. And mm -hmm. eventually was brought back by some, cause I had to ask someone like how to get back to, I didn't know where our hotel was or anything like that. And I, 
again, I'm probably mistelling this story, but this is how I remember them telling it. And apparently uh, somebody brought them back to the hotel room and they were, you know, were panicked and worried and didn't know where we were. And I was just like the happiest clam ever and just had a great time with my sister hanging out on the beach and like didn't even internalize to this day, haven't internalized uh, the danger of that situation. And they would also tell the story of Disney World where they looked around and I was gone and they looked over and I was sitting on some stranger's lap having a conversation. So <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say oh, I've never no. been anxious or a worrier or frightened of anything. Um, or aware so, of dangers. A, or aware of dangers. And I've always wanted to have uh, conversations. So yeah. we have almost had a two hour show. Uh, an hour and a half. I don't know that that's almost two hours, but. Oh, yeah, that's right. We yeah. started a little bit late. I was kind yeah. of impressed with us right now. Yeah. It's kind of like, hey, this is kind of exciting. Maybe yeah. we should maybe we should just do all of the shows. I was going to say we should just admit that our show is an hour and a half now. Um, but that's an internal thing. Show. That's an internal thing I have to struggle with more than you. I'm the one that's like, yeah, this is what's, what's expected. What is, what the, is plan? the plan? I've got work to do today. Um, mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff. So you've worked yeah. to do. We have what? jobs. What? What? what yeah also our bosses do watch the show from time to time they know now <laughs> that just you know monday mornings we've just decided you know what we're just gonna do we're gonna start our work day yeah a little later yep yep uh i think that's gonna wrap it up though thank you so much for the you questions for hanging out with us we yeah. had obviously a great time with you guys um if you want to connect more with us today's gonna tell you how you can follow us right here on wherever you are watching. Uh, we have this kind of fun little platform right now from YouTube to Twitch to Facebook. I don't think we're on the Instagrams, but we are on Periscope. So wherever you guys are watching, we go live every Monday at 9 a.m. Central and we try to go live at some point else during the week. So make sure your notifications are on because we are live on Mondays and Sundays, 9 a.m. Central. You can connect with us on uh, all of the platforms below. There's Aaron on Twitter. There's me on Twitter. There's a show. And we'll see you guys next week. We'll see you on the next Monday or someday. Oh, oh, oh. But thanks to our patron supporters. I forgot to say that. Yes. And we are eight supporters away. If you've been thinking about becoming a member of Team DNA, we are eight supporters away from the next goal, which then would be to play some dungeons and dragons uh together uh with uh for you guys so so there you go uh you can check that out at patreon.com slash studio dna we will catch you on the next monday or someday bye, bye. Thanks for tuning in to listen to us shoe another dough. If you'd like to watch the show live, we stream it on Mondays and Sundays at 9 a.m. Central on all major streaming platforms. Subscribe, follow, join the conversation on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or maybe you can even also be a member of one. Team DNA. Members get their own custom podcast feed that will include not only the Monday show, but all bonus shows we do through the rest of the week. Membership is five bucks a month, and you can join today at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Finally, thank you so much for being a part of this fun little community of awesomeness. Remember, your quirks aren't bugs, they're features. Find them, celebrate them, and know you're loved and valuable for just being you. See you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. 
With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.